everyone. This is Melanie Anderson, and you're listening to From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again this week. So I have my friend Melanie Anderson this week. Um, Kaya and I have known Melanie for years and years and years, and uh, we run cross paths all the time. I mean, I, Melanie, I saw you some a couple times this year. I saw you at Sync this year. We ran into each other in North Carolina, all over the place. So um, you're always doing your best to give back to the industry and travel around and and just pour into our industry. And so first of all, I want to say thank you for doing that. But um, also, I'm excited to have you on the podcast because you have a lot to share with our audience for sure. So yeah, thanks, guys. I am so excited for this. So I really appreciate it. And it's a huge honor. So thank you for your time. So Kaya, when was the first time you met Melanie? Do you remember? Oh, goodness. <laughs> this, this might not be fair. I what I remember is uh, your video, you doing video. So that's what I remember the most about. Um, yeah, we started doing video for sync. So yeah. yeah, I think that's like when I got to know Melanie as well. Mm hmm. Yes. So that was several years, probably about four or five years ago, uh, through the relationship of Sync and Darty, we we just sort of said, hey, we need these videotape. We need behind the scenes and we want to create that for you. And that was one of the first things we'd ever done that big of a deal video wise. So that was kind of cool. And like you said, that was an opportunity for us to all meet. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So then I saw you at North Carolina and you spoke Mm -hmm. on um, volume sports. And then I saw you at sync, you did a Miller's thing uh, alongside Mm -hmm. of me and you did a lot about how to like implement ideas from a conference. So you don't just go home with this list of stuff to do and never accomplish anything, um, (laughs) which everybody, everybody loved. And I know you had like a workbook and all kinds of stuff. So I know you talk about a lot of stuff. So kind of tell me, tell our audience if they don't know who you are, like, you know, what you do on the photo side and all everything because you do so much. Sure. Um, yeah, that's a lot. It's like you almost go, okay, how much time do we have? Because, you know, when you like you guys love this industry and have a passion for it, it's all in. So I have a, uh, a retail studio space in Western Maryland. It's about an hour from Washington, D.C. We have employees and we are full service. So we do all uh, genres of portrait photography. We do extreme volume sports. Uh, so that would be the team and the individuals. We have an incredible banner program. And we do a lot of commercial photography and video. Uh, I'm very blessed to be able to travel the world uh, doing motivational programs alongside of photography programs. Uh, My specialty is definitely client communication, really connecting with people. And I take that throughout everything that I do from beginning to end in all things. So with relationships in your home life, your family, your your marriage, your your friendships, and then how do you translate that into your clients and to your employees and still have some sanity left at the end of the day? <laughs> wow. I like the word you just used. You said you're full service studio. I feel like mm-hmm. so many times it people think, you know, you have to you know, do one small thing, one genre or something like that. But it really makes sense that you, you know, as a photographer, you meet all the needs all the way around. So exactly. When I have somebody in our community that says, Hey, I need a photographer. I want them thinking, call Melanie Anderson. And I will frequently be tagged in Facebook posts relating to that. Even if it's not my client, I want people thinking, that. And so the number one question we ask our clients, every single client that calls communicates with us, and they'll be asked this probably two or three times throughout their touch points with us. How did you hear about our studio? And the number one answer we get is you're everywhere. And we've worked really hard to do that. And that is what allows us to be able to sustain maybe those slower seasons because portrait photography is year round. If I was only high school senior, that is seasonal. If I was, you know, I don't do a lot of weddings. The weddings I do are going to be higher end or relationship based. And the commercial photography is year round. And it allows us to have a little bit more stability. Although I'm not going to say we're not um, immune to feast or famine at seasons, you know, because we are a small business. But what allows us to stay in business 13 years later is that diversification. That's really important to me, not only as a creative entrepreneur, 
but as a business in our community that I can serve whatever your needs are, I'm there. Yeah, that makes sense. And we and we've expanded our business a lot to cover a lot of things as well, just to get rid of that seasonality. Because mm-hmm. boy, I tell you what, like if you're in a seasonal business, the the self doubt and all kinds of stuff starts yes. creeping in and it's slow. And like for somebody like me, that's not a good place to be, you know. So I try to avoid that at all costs. Mm-hmm. Same, and we could definitely go down that road. You know, the the mentality of creative entrepreneurs. Um, I talk very openly about that and how we must maintain strong mindset. And that is a daily challenge. Every single day, you've got to wake up and make decisions. Okay, this is where I'm at today. And this is how I'm going to behave and and act. And this is how I'm going to serve today. Because otherwise, the alternative is uh, it's fear and it's anxiety and it's depression. And I've been down that road many times. So I, I, I love talking very openly about that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So let me kind of tell you where I want to go with this. Like mm-hmm. kind of the main thing of the podcast is like what's working now. So you can kind yep. of give the audience some nuggets or whatever. So tell us a story about like what's working now in your business or what you think is working in the industry right now. Oh, great. So for me, I try to reinvent myself every two to three years and I've noticed a pattern. So I'm going to kind of start in that and why I do that. So I started out as a newborn photographer. I photographed probably close to 600 newborns in my career. And then once I knew I mastered that, so I'm I'm a big believer that although I diversify, I've mastered certain genres one at a time because we can't, you know, when you're a new photographer trying to master all of these things, that could be very overwhelming. So I did start in a certain area. And then a few years later, I went into high school seniors, dominated that in our community. Then I started taking on volume, uh, the team and individuals dominated, changed the industry in our community and how the the sports are looked at and, and how we do banners. And then a few years later after that, it was into commercial photography. Commercial photography has always been a big part of my business. We've got contracts with our hospital, with the chamber, with all kinds of businesses. And what I'm doing now is getting into more of that branding style. So instead of somebody just sitting in front of my camera and me doing like that passport headshot photo, kind of going, okay, what more can I do to serve? Am I doing enough? And giving them a little bit more alternative for personality because many times the people that come into for me are going to also be small business owners and how we can give them imagery to relate to whatever their branding is. So it's kind of saying, okay, what more can we do to serve? And that's kind of been my mindset. So what is working now for me is saying, you know, you kind of come off of a year of laziness when you kind of got, you know, you think in your mind, I don't know how we are about cussing on this, but when you got your shit together and you're like, okay, hey, you know, it's going, we've got a smooth oiled machine and things are great. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. Um, I've gotten a little lazy. I need to step it up again and go, okay, back to relationships. So I'm going to take that full circle and say, what's working for me now is picking up the phone, sending emails, texting clients that I've had for years that I haven't maybe seen lately and saying, Hey, you know, what's going on? What, what are your needs? How can I serve? And this is some new things that I'm doing. And that would be in the branding, kind of changing the, the vision of our company and really just looking at our community and beyond. So I'm now even going, what more can I do? That's maybe an hour away from me. And how can I serve clients out there? So that's really where my where I'm headed right now and exactly what we're doing in our studio right now. Yeah. And I, you know what I like about the way you think about it is like, so you do newborn photography forever and then you kind of get a well-oiled machine yep. and you kind of get wax on it. Yep. And it, I think it's really hard for just to say, oh, crap, we got too lax and just push yourself back into it. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're, you're, you're taking that energy and you're just pivoting it a little bit different. So I think it feels yes. fresh and new and yes. it's like, it's self-fulfilling, you know? It's so true because, you know, when, when we've been doing this for so long, it really is a well-oiled machine and I could do this with my eyes closed. I'm about systems and processes. I don't overthink things. I dive in and then I just do it. And then I create a process and a system for that. So on the days, maybe you're not feeling well, or you're not feeling sociable, you just don't have that high energy, 
Well, I have a system in place that I can still go through everything that I'm doing and to my client, it's still an amazing experience. So I've simplified so much in my business. And the other thing that I'm doing is I'm constantly educating myself. I'm always learning. I'm hungry for knowledge. And so what I just did was I just came back from Texas school. And the last two years, I was there as an educator. This year, I went as a student. And I said, who can I take? Where can I go? What can I learn that is completely opposite of what I'm doing? And so I dived into a program this last week on fine art portraiture paintings. I'm going, oh my goodness, this is like so not me. And let's push myself and go, what can I pull out of that and input into my business that's going to create a new product line, a new look, a new feel for clients that maybe I've not serviced the super, super high end, the ones that are looking for life-size wall portraits that are custom framed and have an oil painting to them. And I'm excited to see where I take that. So it'll be interesting in another six months, if we were to have this conversation again, will I have a whole new product line and a whole new vision? And I think that's really important for us as creative entrepreneurs to go, okay, what else can I do and who can I learn from? And really just humble yourself to that. And you sit in somebody else's class. And, and I'll tell you, it's not easy, but um, it was, I, I pulled away, you know, several pages of notes of things I'm going to be implementing over the next few weeks. That's fantastic. So let me ask you, you know, as you talked about, you know, what, uh, what you're teaching yourself the next step and the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I've actually done the same thing. Like I started out as a senior photographer and then I, you know, when I would help with a baby session, I would put the binky in upside down. I didn't know what yes. I was doing. Yes. And so I was like, I need to learn how to do this next. And I, and so I definitely identify that with that, but what happens to your existing, you know, 600 newborns are, is someone else photographing them or are you transitioning away from them? Like how do, how do you work that in your business? Right. No, that's a, a super serious, great question because what happens is, and I'll be completely honest, you know, the older we get, I, you know, deal with severe sciatica. And so when you're doing newborn for any newborn photographer out there, you know, physically, just like, you know, for those that maybe have a hard time photographing weddings, you know, that full day and the, the physical exhaustion that happens to your body. Well, that happens for newborn photographers as well, that the lower back <laughs> gets to be, you know, so you've got to really be careful in how you're photographing. But what had happened or what happens is, Once you dominate an area in your community, you have a lot of other photographers that come along. And Mm, I'm very much an advocate of community over competition. I believe in that. I'm chairman of the board for the state of Maryland Professional Photography Association. So I want, I I don't mind, you know, that, that there are others. So what I do is go, okay, how can I step it up again? How can I step it up again? And still be of service and a resource. But what happens is, you know, if, you know, being completely real, honest, transparent, and that's, that's the way we should be as educators, that we're inundated right now with newborn photographers, with senior photographers, with family photographers. And that's why I push myself even more. And so now I'm going, hey, I have a studio and most photographers don't. I need to be using this more, even though I prefer photographing outside. I like light and energy and, you know, newborns I can do with my eyes closed, but now I want to push myself differently creatively. So there are plenty of photographers servicing those newborns. I still have newborn displays at hospitals and doctor's offices. And, and if the client is willing to invest because I am a wall portrait photographer, if they're willing to invest and, and that's my client, come on in. If not, you know, I have other areas that I need to invest my time in. So I would say I go anywhere. We're probably photographing, I don't know, maybe five to 10 newborns now. It's not nearly, I mean, gosh, I used to have that in a week when I first started back in the film days. Uh, But, you know, times have changed. And so what are we going to do about it? That's what I always say. Okay, now what? What are we going to do about it? Yeah. 
Well, that makes complete sense, though. So what you're doing is transitioning away mm-hmm. from those genres that yes. you've learned how to do and, and dominated. And you feel like those are like red waters where, yes. you know, all kinds of people are there and moving into areas where you feel like there's more of a blue ocean for you to work absolutely, in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only way we will thrive. It's the only way that myself is going to be able to continue to support my family. And what I'm also doing is being very strategic, even in the way we're scheduling. So we're now going and saying, okay, we're, we're going to fill the studio three days a week. That's it. You know, I, I'm Mm -hmm. in a season of my life where my children are older now, you know, one is finished college, one is in college, one is in and out of college. And then I have a, a son who's 17 in, in, in high school. So we have one more year with him. So what I'm doing is being very strategic about that. I will be in the studio Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if I'm not traveling. The other days I am doing whatever the heck I want to do, uh, whatever that means, whether it's traveling or bu- building the, you know, more on the education. I do a lot of one-on-one mentorships and masterminds. And, and then allowing me time to breathe and serve and be for my family as needed even more. Yeah, that sounds great. So Matt, what's the next question that we want to ask about this? The next question, and then we'll take a break right afterwards, is do you want to talk a little bit about the industry? You're kind of going there, but mm-hmm. what are you fired up about the industry? Or you know, what, what are you paying attention to? Or what do you hold true about the industry? I mean, however you want to word the question. But when you think of the industry, what do you, what do you think of? Uh, well, you know, I'm such an advocate for our industry, so I am fired up. I love our industry and I love the leadership that's, you know, happening right now with the education. I love that we're on this platform of print for success and and how vital it is that we have a responsibility as professional photographers. It is our responsibility to educate our clients and to educate other photographers and the vitality of printing. Uh, I did an article uh, a few years ago about uh, an image that triggered a memory of mine from when I was a child and how it would never have been such an emotional experience for me had there not been this printed image in an album of my parents. And this, so it's a really great journey and a great story that I tell about that and the impact it has on me. We are seriously facing a generation that is going to be lost images. There's lost relationships. These images are digital. Well, how easy it is for these things to be erased. What if Facebook and Instagram shut down today and your albums that you've created online are no longer there, that would be devastating. There are pivotal moments in families that it is vital that we print. And this is what I educate my clients on. Newborn, your children, every, like, you know, in that young stage, and then again around middle school, and then in high school, and then the family unit during that, having these printed and on the walls, and then again at the wedding. And those are going to be the generational images that they look back on. And then as us, as we get into our older, you know, the three of us are the same age range and now what? And as we head into, you know, the years that we become maybe grandparents and making sure that our images are still taken, that people see what we look like as we grew and aged and having that in print. Uh, For example, you know, my husband just turned 50 this weekend. I wanted a cake that had a photo with it. And so I pulled out an image from back in high school, when we were dating in high school. And I look at that photo and I'm like, giddy, looking at this is what my husband looked like back then. Would I have that same feeling if it wasn't tangible, if I couldn't touch it? and feel it and, and hold it. Or if it. you couldn't find it. Exactly. <laughs> or oh my if goodness. you, it was too small to print because right. it was too small of a file. Exactly. Yeah. I have, I have a friend who, um, uh, is young, like a, you know, younger in his twenties and he started his Facebook, uh, when he was in high school, like maybe 13 or 14, mm-hmm. all of his memories are saved in albums on the Facebook yes. and he just got it hacked. Oh, and cannot get ouch. Them. Ouch. Oh. Yeah. And, and he, it's just devastating. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and even though, you know, we have such great relationships with our professional labs for anybody listening, when I look at like these Instagram ones or the Facebook, just print out a year album, just however you need to do that, create templates, upload stuff. There are easy ways to do that. 
And when you do your trips and you go on vacations and, and I'm, you know, I'm, this is a great reminder for myself as well, that I too need to remember to do that. You know, how easy it is. You know, my, my dad used to always talk about the shoemaker's kids not having shoes, you know, mm-hmm. how many professional photographers do not have professional portraits of their families on their walls. I always say, thank God I do stuff like that at the studio, be, you know, like of my kids as well. And those are the things that I'm hanging along with my client work, because then as my children age and I change out displays, I make sure that those images come back to the house. And, and so for every professional photographer, please take a look around, even if in a hobbyist, whomever is listening to this, when is the last time you printed your family portrait printed it. Yeah, we've all taken them. I can't tell you my family vacation we do every year at the beach with my parents and my siblings and all the kids. And I'm the one, you know, the last 15 plus years always taking those images. We do that the week of July 4th. Let me tell you, I'm not actually printing those until two days before Christmas and praying that I get these in time. That's how pathetic it is, you know, for us to do this as a living. But thank goodness, you know, that our family, you know, is always looking for that. And so even if it's an eight by 10, but many times it's that 10 by 20 because it's a long portrait, but I'll tell you, it's, it, it's work. It takes effort and we have to do, we have to do it because those are some of my most treasured images. No, I, and That's I, beautiful. Agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, well, we'll just, let's just let, let's just take a break at that point right there. Cause I think let that sit in on people for a minute. Um, but we'll take a break and come back. And then we got some kind of lightning around questions for you about just some fun questions. So we'll be right back. Awesome. Hey everyone. Tell me if this sounds familiar, you look at your calendar and notice you need clients now. So you do a little marketing and get some phone calls. You get busy helping those new clients. They schedule sessions, they place orders, and life is good. But once they're done, your calendar is empty again. The reason is you didn't have time to market while you were busy. Sometimes your business feels like a roller coaster. And let me tell you something, it is. And believe me, you're not alone. Photographers everywhere have the same problem. But I have some great news. Matt's business, Allison Ragsdale Photography, after years of trial and error, has cracked the code. It works so well, he's created a new class all about it. It's called Get Clients Now, a dead, simple approach to getting photography clients. Everyone at From Nothing to Profit is excited to share this info with you because this system helped Matt and Allison book hundreds of clients this year at their studio. And the best part about this system is that it's simple to set up and it works while you're sleeping. No hard selling or creepy marketing. All you have to do is help your clients answer their most pressing questions. Clients love the system and say it is the number one reason they book with Matt and Allison. If you're interested in learning more about this system, go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple. Matt has created a short free video that introduces this system. If you like what you hear, podcaster listeners get an exclusive discount on the full class. So make sure you go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple and sign up for the free video. It will help you book more clients now and create the business you've always wanted. Welcome back, everyone. We are so excited that you're here to finish up our interview with Melanie Anderson. Uh, We've heard some great stuff uh, from her already today about printing and about transitioning your business. And uh, I just love to hear someone who loves the industry so much. So Melanie, uh, tell us, uh, you said you've been in business for 13 years. So I'm assuming you did something else beforehand. So can you tell us about your, uh, what you did before you became a photographer and what was holding (laughs) you back before you did that? Yeah, life before photography. So I have four children and I had four kids in five years. So life was busy. I was uh, very blessed to stay home for uh, about 13 years until the youngest went into preschool is when I kind of really went into this full time. And it, it, it happened as right place, right time and truly God's plan. And there's so many stories I could tell you about how this happened and fell in my lap. And when you are an instinctual person and you know, like you take the time to just kind of just pause and listen and then take action, it will guide you to whatever your destiny is, whatever your purpose is. And even if it's not that in that moment, don't be surprised if the teachable moments that you had during that season give you what you need for that dream job or whatever it is you're, you're called to do. And so for me, being a mom of four kids that are so close in age truly allowed me a mindset of 
uh, no fear, all in. Okay, what have we got to lose? Let's try it, figure it out, because I have no idea if this is going to work, because nobody teaches you how to do anything, you know? And, and it really prepared me to go into entrepreneurship. And, and, and before that, you know, if I kind of go even that step before kids, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town and my husband and I went to high school together and we moved to Hawaii uh, when I was 20, lived there for five years. So just had, you know, we, we, I'm very much a free spirit and I go, okay, where's the wind blowing? And maybe I can't physically move, you know, during some of those years when we were raising our kids because this is where we wanted to raise our family in Maryland back in our home hometown but in my career and in my my daily life and and each month going okay well what do I want to do now where do I want to go and what do I want to and and just I'm always you know when you mentioned that what's holding you back that is such part of my platform so many people are afraid to take a risk or to take the next step or to get out of their comfort zone and I'm constantly saying, why are you not living the life you want to live? What is holding you back? And I wouldn't change any part of my life, all the mistakes, all the failures and all the, the bad decisions, because it's led me to the assurity of where I am now in that, okay, I don't want those things. I want this. And I'm okay not having those friends. These are my friends. And I'm okay not being that type of person because that's not who I am authentically. And and you just, I don't know, there's just something that happens when you just say, okay, I'm all in. It's either going to work or it's not. And if it doesn't, well, then that was a teachable moment. And I go on to the next one. And you just keep going. And And I constantly say, you know, my team and my kids have heard me say this so many times. It could take me a hundred bad ideas to get me to the one brilliant idea that changed my business and my life. And if I was afraid or if I let something hold me back, if I was worried about what other people thought, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. And and it doesn't mean that I still don't have moments of fear and that I'm still not. I know I'm still holding back. I know that. And that irritates me so bad. But I've made such progress and luckily I know the, those seasons, those moments when I'll go, okay, Melanie, what are you doing? Why are you not, you know, pursuing that? Or what is, why are you afraid to make that call? Or why are you afraid to reach out to that person? Or why are you afraid to, to make this connection? And this is one of the things that I I teach a lot about also is, you know, I think there's a fear of success for people and we don't talk about that enough that, you know, you, you come through this, okay, I'm, I'm okay failing. I get that. I'm, I've got my teachable moments now. Now what? Now I'm afraid, oh my gosh, if I made that call or if I made, you know, these 10 calls and I took the time today to invest in those 10 relationships, I know it would change my business. Why am I not doing it? And I can catch myself going because I'm afraid of the answer. Yes, sometimes. And what will that mean to myself, my career, my family? And what does that success look like? So then you go, I'm not going to make that call today. And so I just laugh sometimes about how I call it patheticism, you know, like what, why do we do this to ourselves? And so even as a seasoned industry professional and, you know, I just, I, I still struggle with that. And I don't think we talk about that enough. And, and that's why I love conversations like this, because I'll tell you what, the minute we get off of this, I'm like pumped right now. And I'm, that's when you go. And that's why you have to have relationships with others that can pose these types of questions. Because then you go, because I'm always posing them to others. And then I go, oh, shit. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, I know those three people that I've been not calling or following up with. Guess what's going to happen the minute we get off this podcast? Because now I've got this energy inside of me you know, you call it like the superhero syndrome, you know, like, Hey, we're all in, let's do this. And what's the worst they could say? No. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. (laughs) Okay. So, so I have two questions for you and I'm going to word them a little bit different than we normally do. Okay. So say one of your, some, one of your mentor clients comes to you and they just, they say, you get on the phone and you're like, Hey, how's it going? They're like, great. Hey, I just got handed a thousand dollars. What should I spend it on? What would you tell them to, to spend it on? Um, 100% education, 100%. I'm such a big want versus need uh, advocate. 
so many people are, are investing in things that are not going to grow their business. And what they need is a mastermind or a mentorship or week-long professional school where they are sticking with one educator. There's too many shiny object syndromes out there and so many amazing educators. But what happens is people will sit there and take little bits and pieces or they spend their money on these things that they think are going to you know, change their business instantaneously. Well, you got to put the work in. So I always say find somebody, whomever it is, but invest in education. And I'm a big advocate in one-on-one in the sense of being there physically. You know, there's a lot of resources out there that we could get from YouTube and some other online educational places. But if you can get to a several-day boot camp, several-day mastermind, several-day workshop, and what I'm going to also say is invest it, not necessarily always in the photography end, go to a business program, invest in the business education, because no matter what, I'm, I'm always saying this, I don't care how great of a photographer you are, if you don't know how to sell your work, you're not making money. And so you've got to invest in understanding clients, understanding relationships, understanding people, and then understanding your business. So your numbers and how can you grow your business? And that's where you need to spend that thousand dollars. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so now I'm going to flip the question on its head. So a different mentor client comes to you and says, hey, I got $1,000. What would you tell them not to spend the $1,000 on? Um, oh, oh, what would I say not to spend the $1,000 on? That's a great question. I would say not to spend it on templates. <laughs> I think so many people think this new template's going to change their business and these new templates that they never, ever end up using or they use one or two of them. That would probably be one of the things. But what would they not? Um, I would say probably I would go back into they don't need the latest and greatest of the new lighting gear, the brand new lenses. I'm just such an advocate of use your resources that you already have. Light is outside. Light is outside. Go create with the light you have, use flashlights, use your light bulbs, use whatever resources you already have. And then you take that money and you set a portion aside to then purchase what it is that's on your wish list that you could pay for cash, uh, buy used equipment, buy, you know, gear that, you know, is beat up and used up. That's okay. If it still works, it still creates. So don't use that thousand dollars to buy something brand new. What can you then use that money that will get you more bang for the buck and, and really just use the resources you already have. Yeah, that's really good. Here's a here's a prime example. Uh, Allison and I were looking at doing something different for prom this year, and um, she was talking to Shannon Ashley, and um, Shannon's like, "Oh, I have that background. I'll just ship it to you." Yep. You know, and it was like instead of spending like four hundred dollars on a background, exactly. we were able to have a new background, and like it was like thirty dollars. I mean, still shipping was crazy at thirty dollars, <laughs> but it's you know we're, we're going to use it a couple times and then be bored with it. You know, well, so and that is the, sometimes sharing, sharing and borrowing right. is good too. And that is the exact reason for community over competition. That is the number one reason right there so that you can share resources. I can't tell you how many times I've loaned out gear to people. I've loaned out backdrops to people. I have borrowed flashes for people when mine, like whatever, for whatever reason is not working. I mean, that is what it's about. And I'm talking about your photographers in your community. Even, you know, you pick up the phone, you know, and say, Hey, you know, I need this. Do you have this or what, what, you know, even this week, I'm using another photographer outsourcing a job to them uh, that's in my community. That is what it's about. And to be able to share those resources will allow your dollars to go further. And besides, it's you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Okay, Kaya, now you get the fun questions like she, you get to find out her best advice and personal habits and stuff like that. So, <laughs> go. Melanie, you really are doing a great job. It's funny because I knew you were going to be uh, in our afternoon of uh, doing podcast today. And I was like, she's going to bring all this energy. So. <laughs> but I but I keep going, oh, I, I, I forget that I'm not just listening to you talk the whole time. So uh, this is going to be a good one. Okay. Uh, what is a piece of advice that you think is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, uh, best advice I've ever received. Uh, it, I'd really love to give three if that's okay. 
Okay. Sure. I, can, I can seriously do a bunch, but three. One, I'm going to start right off with um, giving and receiving grace. Uh, we never know what other people are going through, the challenges that they're facing, you know, behind closed doors, on the other side of the phone, on the other side of the computer. And so many people will take things very personally, not realizing that maybe something coming at them has nothing to do with them. So I'm always about take a moment, breathe, provide grace. We never know what's going on, but also give yourself grace. So that at the end of the day, when you know, you're like, oh, man, I messed that up. I didn't handle that well. I maybe said something out of line. I didn't act appropriately. You know, we're human. And giving yourself grace, because I think that's really important that we remember to do that. A second piece of advice I would recommend is really understand your body rhythm. And what I mean by that is not everybody is a morning person. Not everybody is a late night person. You need to understand when are you most productive and study that and then go, okay, this, these are the two hours that I feel like I'm on top of the world throughout the day, whatever that time frame is. And that's when you jam pack whatever it is you need to do that requires maybe some multitasking or like really laser focus. Don't try. I, I mean, so many people are always like, you know, be that 5am person, get up before everybody else. Well, you know, that is not me. I am a late night person. And most of my brilliant things happen from probably 11am to 2am, 11pm to 2am sometimes. And I have decided years ago that I am not going to try and be somebody that I'm not. I'm going to accept who I am. I'm going to be the best version of that, right? Because we can always do better. However, I need to be authentic to who I am, recognize that and own it and go, you know, just go all in on that. My third piece of advice, the best thing, honestly, that has changed my entire life is fully understanding five love languages. It changed my marriage. It changed the way I parent. It changed the way I am a friend. It changed the way I am. Um, I interact with employees and it changes the way I interact with my clients. When you understand personalities, who you are to a core, and you understand, okay, this is how I'm receiving your message. Well, you're being a little harsh in your tonality, but I'm a words of affirmation person. So I know it's not your, it's not that you're coming at me, it's how I'm receiving it. So I need to not be sensitive, right? And so then you accept people for who they are. I need to know that the message I'm delivering might need to be delivered in a different way. It could be the exact same words, but I might need to tonality, tone it differently or sandwich it or, or not sandwich it. You know, for our, some of our people that are, you know, acts of service people, they're like, just give me the details. What do you need? And let me go do it. Right. And so you need to know who these people are, what their love languages are, and then you can adapt your message so that they understand what you're saying and what you're asking. And that changed everything. Um, so I cannot say enough about that. How do, and how do you identify that like in your customers? Oh, great question. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So basically what the way this works is there are five love languages. So there's physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. So for example, when a client calls and they're very specific about how much time we're going to spend together, the places we're going to go, and you know, I, I'm pretty much get, guessing that this is a quality time person. If they showed up on time or early, this is going to be, this is somebody that respects time and honors time. And if I were to run late or if I were to cut a session short, they are the ones that are going to notice it, right? They're the ones that are going to be like, I paid this much money for a 20 minute session. I thought I was getting a 90 minute session and you're thinking, but I got everything right. You need to know that client. Another one would be, uh, what do I need to bring? And they're, they're asking a lot of questions. Um, very specific when they come in, how does this look? And everything is like pressed and it's organized and the mother daughter connection or the family connection, you'll start seeing things and they're saying, well, do you like these earrings or do you like these earrings? Should I wear this shirt or should I do this? That's going to be a words of affirmation. They're looking for praise. They want to know that they look good. So when you're photographing them constantly, you know, wow, this looks amazing. I really like the earrings you chose. I really like the bracelet, the jewelry. I love the shoes that you chose for this outfit right? And so you're picking up on these cues. If it's a physical touch person, you're going to see the family relation, like this person, maybe they come in and they greet you with a hug, 
right? Then you know it's okay to, you know, to touch them. And you're going to know that that's going to mean something when you're showing them images on the back of the camera. Maybe you're touching them on their shoulder. Maybe you've got your hand on their back. Maybe you're leaning in closer, right? You're noticing physical touch that makes them comfortable. They appreciate that. If you have a client that brings you something, I've had clients that will bring me a bottle of wine, you know, commercial clients. And so that's going to be probably a gifts person. As I'm paying attention to clients that I'm photographing, if there's Tiffany jewelry and they mention, you know, that was a gift from their mom or this was handmade, you know, handed down, there was something significant about this piece of jewelry or this clothing or this heirloom photograph that they're trying to do. It's a gift. Well, what I want to do then is make sure when I'm delivering those products, why not include, you know, an extra something with a handwritten note? This is my gift to you, right? And so these are the cues that you could pick up on that they don't even realize. They have no idea that this is happening to them. All they know is they have just gotten the most amazing service. And for me, it's just so secondhand, I don't even think about it. And, and so they're thinking, so the images could be so-so, right? But the experience was exactly what fed them and how they, they felt fulfilled. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. That's a really good way to look at it. Like, I mean, I, cause I understand love languages and stuff like that, but I guess I just don't pay enough attention to the little nuances to kind of start sorting people, yes. you know, and it would, pro- it would probably be pretty helpful. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting because I've always applied it to my own self and my own family and friends, but I've never Mm -hmm. applied that to clients. That's where I'm at too. Like I I totally get it with my wife Mm -hmm. and a few of my really good friends that have done the love language test and stuff like that, but I've never taken Mm -hmm. it to the client level. And how fascinating it'll be the next time you start, as you start interacting with your clients this week, pay attention to those little things. You know, the ones that are really upset over something, you know, maybe you didn't deliver something on time. Like when you said, our turnaround time is two to three weeks and that person's calling you four days later. Is everything ready? Did you pick, did you post things yet? Like they're waiting. That's a quality time person and probably even a words of affirmation, right? They're wanting, they want the affirmation. They want the social media feedback. They want to know. And so you start picking up on these things. It's crazy how you will see this everywhere now. Well, and here's an idea maybe that I'll, I'll implement it. Like at the very top of our consultation sheet, I could just have like a checkbox for each one, mm-hmm. you know, the, the five. Mm-hmm. And then as we're getting to know that customer, just take a, you know, just take an educated guess right. and check one of the boxes. Yeah. And then later when you revisit them in two weeks, yeah. you're like, oh yeah, okay, this person is a gift person. So how can I tweak the service a little bit to really, you know, help them. Love that. That's a great idea. That's a really great idea because then, you know, especially if you have staff, then they can also notice that because maybe they don't, aren't always the ones that are, you know, with the client 24 seven, but they're the ones calling saying, you know, your order is in, you know, if they're the ones gift wrapping, if they're the ones, you know, having that, that last, you know, few moments with them. So that's a great idea to add that to the client forms for our in-house studio information. Yeah, it, just, it would only take a couple seconds exactly. and then it's there. Oh, and imagine like you keep track of all your gifts, clients. Imagine every year you're sending them, you know, something, you know, because I'm not a gifts person at all. So that's probably the one I struggle with the most. And how, because I consider that that falls under like hospitality, I would say, you know, I'm great being in the present, right? I'm really great. But to have to pre-think about some of those things, I'm like, ugh. And, um, so that would be a great thing, you know, and every year, maybe you're sending them, you know, in the words of affirmation, people, you're sending them a nice little note every year, you know, who those people are, and then you can cater to, is it that maybe they want a, you know, a hundred dollar print credit, or is it that they would want a session depending on what love language they are? So I love that. I'm actually going to add that. So that's why these conversations are great because I do it in my head and I know these clients, but I've never actually put it on paper. Well, yeah, and then you then you can go back and look exactly. at it because you, you'll forget oh, totally. a few months from now. Totally, you'll for, you'll because for, because here's the what you're trying to do. You're trying to pick up on nuances and then try to remember right. it for like the rest of your relationship yeah. with them. That's not going to happen. And the only ones you're going to remember oh. are the ones that were super super high maintenance, pain in the butts, or the ones that were just amazing and you love on them. But what about everybody in between? Because it's really everybody in between are the ones that we don't realize are the ones that really are building our business because those are the ones behind the scenes that are talking that you don't know about. Right. 
So true. So Melanie, what is your love language? Mine is words of affirmation and quality time. Ah, and, and it frustrates good. me. And I will How say about- this, you know, because I'm a, as an educator, you know, platform speaker, you know, that words of affirmation and somebody who dealt with and still con- continues to deal with anxiety, you know, it's the judgment of others. And so every once in a while that'll creep in. And so I have to work extra hard about being comfortable with who I am in my best self. And those that, you know, want to maybe pass judgment or want to, you know, so I can take criticism hard. Like I like, give me the sandwich, you know what I mean? Or one of the things that helped our marriage years ago, my husband would say, could I, he would ask permission. This was something we had learned about. Can I, can I give you a critique? Cause then you bracing yourself. And he did this to me a few months ago. And I was like, no, you cannot. Ask me later because it would not have been received well in that moment. (laughs) You know, and you're like, nope, isn't that funny? And so I was like, no, you cannot. And I loved how he remembered, you know, and um, I was like, nope, maybe later. Ask me after I've had a glass of wine, you know, I guess. But, and then quality time because the kids are just growing so fast. And now I treasure, I treasure those moments with everybody home. Well, you're doing a really good job on this podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you see? Yeah. That was good. You got that it. That was good. Um, what are yours? So Matt, well, wait a minute. I want to I wanna flip it because uh, I'm curious. Well, what, are your, what is yours and what is Matt's? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Matt, what's yours? So mine's are, mine is words of affirmation. I don't remember what the other one is, but I can tell you gift giving is like the bottom. Yeah, gift is. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm totally different than you guys. So gift giving is my second, uh-huh. but number one is touch. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Andy, my yep. husband, his is um, acts of service, mm-hmm. which is terrible. Right. It's, the, it's worst the worst one anyone can have. That's my husband, acts of service. It's like, it takes so much work, you know, but then I go, no, but when you know that, <laughs> all I have to do is if my kitchen yes. is clean, that counters are shiny. Let me tell you, my husband could have a shitty day at work. The rest of the house could look like crap. But because I know that's his love language and I know which room affects him the most, then I can go, all I have to do is, hey, I'm going to go clean that kitchen. My kids know that, you know, and when you teach your kids to understand love languages, it changes your family dynamics. But it's so funny because God loves to put you with your opposites all the time, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. it's just, you, you just have to have a sense of humor about all of it. Yeah, totally true. Yeah, my everyone who knows me knows that touches mine. So I'm always like, my kids will hug yes. me. They snuggle me. It's it makes me feel much better. Even I, like, but a girl who works for me, she's not touch at all. Yeah. But if we're sitting in somewhere and I get like uncomfortable, I'm like, can I just put my shoulder? <laughs> I love it. I love it. But isn't that great that you're aware of that instead of going, why am I anxious? Why am I feeling this way? Because then we get in our head, and then you're like, and that's where the anxiety mm-hmm. comes in. Where if you just go. Okay, wait. All right. This is what I need. And then I'll feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what communication is. You know, we just got to voice it. (laughs) I love it. So I just, so I just looked mine up in my email. Yeah. So, okay. So, so when you get a score, you can get like the highest is a 12, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So quality time, I got a 12. Yeah. So that's like really important. And then words of affirmation is right behind it. Yeah. But physical touch, I got a one. And receiving gifts, I got a four. So, and like, I totally see it, that. Like, I I feel like if I see you, it's not like it's an automatic go up and hug, right? You know, no, not Kia, at all. absolutely. No. You know, I can totally see that. And so it's oh, so yeah. funny. Yeah, no. So here's the deal. Yeah. Like, if you want to, like, when I saw you, mm-hmm. where, where did we just see each other? Sink. Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah. yeah. So, like. If you would have came up and hugged me, nothing. Right. But the fact, you know, like later we took a group of people up and hung out and did lunch yes. um, in your suite, yes. stuff like that. That was like awesome for me because quality time with those 10 people is perfect. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Ooh, that was a good tangent. Um, okay. So then the next question we have, uh, Melanie and I think you'll have a great answer for this one too, is share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Personal habits. Hmm. And I don't know that you said a lot of great things. Already. I, yeah, but I will say this, and I don't know if you if this is necessarily a habit because I think of habit as like a, a something you know it's this you know brushing your teeth type thing. But so for me, I would say persistence is the key to my success. Honestly, persistence. It's there is this inner drive inside of me that has a hunger, 
and and a problem solving. And I go, okay, this is what I want. And that's how I learned photography. I would look at images and I would go, okay, I'd look at the light. I'd go, all right, how do I light like that? And I would just look at the catch lights and I would figure it out. And so I'm always just, I'm very, I can be self-reliant, but I also know when, you know, I need the help, but persistence, it's always about, which could be, you know, your strength to your weakness, um, because that can also be a bad thing if it's driving me so hard that I could overstep my boundary, right? And then some people maybe look at that as being harsh when I'm really just curious and I'm persistent and I just want to know and I want to understand. And and then that's what, to me, so that would be my the habit. But um, I'm actually going to, as, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of a new one that I started doing that has really put me in a calmer state of mind because I am kind of a high energy. But um, I have a journal that I started doing the, you know, I am grateful for. And what I started doing was it used to start out saying at the top of the notebook, it would just say, you know, I'm grateful. And then I would just list out, you know, and it would just be just things. Now what I'm doing is I actually, for every sentence, I say, I am grateful for, and it could be the things that are, and I try to pick the things that I'm almost even most frustrated over. Like, for example, we have a home that our roof is leaking and it's a, it's a sore spot, um, but and it's a, it's a larger home. And unfortunately, you know, when we have three kids in college, you know, we can't replace the roof at, you know, $50,000. It's just not in the budget. It's not realistic. Right. So what happens is then the last five years, six years, this house, you know, so the roof leaks and that means the ceiling is opening up. That means now the wall. So we had to pull portraits off of the walls, right? Because now the water is running down and then you put the buckets out when it rains. And, and this is real life people. And so then you go uh, and I go, okay, I am grateful for a roof over my head. I am grateful for electric. I am grateful that we were able to pay the electric bill this month, right? I am grateful that we were, you know, that I am whatever. And so every single sentence I started writing, I am grateful and making sure that my mindset doesn't go to because of law of attraction says, you know, when you start complaining, what do you think you're attracting? (laughs) Complaining people and hardships. And for example, I'm totally going to go, I'm going to go off on a tangent for a second. So humor me. But last year I had every year, you know, you create like a word of the year, right? And you go, oh, this is my word I'm going to live by, right? And And so last year, my word was abundance. And I was just like going, I'm all in, it's going to be an abundant year. You know, we had three in college. So I was needing some abundance, because I'll tell you what, I don't care how much money you're bringing in. When you got three kids at college, there's no money. And I'm going, I want abundance, abundance, abundance. So at the end of 2018, and into 2019, I, I was struggling last year with some some mindset things. And the everybody started talking about their word of the year for 2019. And I said to my husband, I said, I'm not doing one. I'm pissed. I'm annoyed. I'm irritated because my word last year, what did not come to fruition. Right. And, and he goes, well, what was your word? You know? And, and I said, it was abundance. And he goes, well, were you specific? Because, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking abundance financially, right? So he goes, well, you weren't specific enough. He goes, you sure got a lot of abundance. You got an abundance of frustration and challenging people and, you know, difficult moments. And, and I looked at him and my jaw dropped. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. It was abundance of teachable moments. Let me say it that way abundance of teachable moments. And I was like, so pissed. And so I was like, okay. And all this happened within a two day, three day period. Cause I tell you what, you know, like, I, I don't know how faith-based this podcast is, but like God just like poured on me that weekend through this journey. And the word, there was a word that kept popping up and over and over and over again. And I looked at my husband and I said, I have my word. And I took this deep breath and a sigh almost out of frustration, annoyance, and realization and acceptance. And my word this year is surrender. And I was, Ooh, and, yeah. yeah. And so when you talk about like your habits and what is it, what is something that I'm doing consistently? I'm constantly working on my mind. I'm constantly working on where is my character? Where is my headspace? What is around me? And what am I doing about it? So 
that was kind of full circle for me with some, you know, hopefully some realization of good examples because that truly was my life and is my life. You know, I mean, I go, all right, hey, I wanted, you know, all these things. Well, let me tell you, I got abundance, you know, and I just laugh now. I could look back and I just think that's hilarious. And so now I'm just like, I surrender. What do you want? What do you want? How can I serve? And when you have that change in mentality and then you start voicing that and you just, and it doesn't mean I don't have my selfish moments, you know, for sure, as a Leo and a firstborn and an entrepreneur. But, um, man, I just put myself back in, in, in place and just go, okay, I surrender. What, what do you need? What, do I, what am I supposed to do today? How do I serve? That's fantastic. We do word of the year. And I do agree. Some years it can be really scary yeah. to uh, choose something and think, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right mm-hmm. thing. But um, like you said, I, I think God always comes through yes. and uses it to teach you yes. um, in a way that uh, to teach me in a way that I really wasn't expecting. Right. Last year, my word of the year was was words. And I thought I was going to write a whole bunch. Mm. And uh, ended up, Matt asked me to co-host this podcast. And so that was, I was like, I spoke right. words that rather than writing. Exactly. I didn't see it coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Love so it. can you recommend an internet resource for us? Mm-hmm. An internet resource? Um, I, yeah. I am all over uh, Danny Johnson these days, you know, if that's what you're meaning as far as, um, Um, And so basically, for those that don't know her, uh, she's kind of the female Tony Robbins. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the the hardships to to triumph, to hardships, to triumph, you know, the up and down, up and down, up and down. And I just love her spirit. I love her tenacity. I love her energy. And so it's D-A-N-I Johnson uh, dot com. So I'm all over her, you know, wealth building uh, mindset. Uh, attitude and service. And so right now, that's really where I'm spending a lot of my time is just really uh, attending her events and conferences. Because again, I'm always, I'm pushing myself and I'm constantly educating myself and how can I be better, do better and uh, connect better with others because that's how we grow our business. And that's how we, we can serve so many in our community and beyond. And when we have a better understanding of who we are, then that allows us to know where our skills are and our strengths are, and then put those to service. That's fantastic. Okay. So last question for mm-hmm. me, and then Matt will finish up with some, um, some final questions, but I, it sounds like you're a reader as yes. well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so uh, what is a book that you would recommend? Number one book, other than, you know, the Bible, um, it would be, uh, it's called Go For No. And most of my following have actually read this because it's always part of the action plan that I have on them. And what it's called, what it's about is uh, this attitude. It's uh, kind of parables. It's short read, about two to three hours. Go For No, Yes is a Destination by Richard Fenton, F-E-N-T-O-N. Highly recommend it. I have the audio. I have the the Kindle, I have the paperback and I read it every few months because it will put me back in the mindset of that it could take me a hundred phone calls, right? To get the one person that says, yes, yeah. don't be afraid of the word no in the business world that, you know, okay, great. Not my client today, right? You hang up, you pick up the call again, not my client today. And you almost make it like a game of let's see how many no's I can get uh, this week, because at the end of the week, maybe your goal was to get, you know, five sales this week. And by the, you know, uh, human nature is laziness and, and, and just enough. Sometimes I think so many of us can fall into that trap. Okay. I've met my goal. That's good. Right. But do we go to the next level and exceed that goal? Where if your mindset is, I need a hundred no's, well, what'll happen then you might get 12 yeses. And so you change your shift in thinking, you change the way you communicate, and we could do an entire podcast on that alone. That it would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, it's so funny because I I have, you know, a lot of young people that work for me and I'll, you know, we'll start something and I'll be like, okay, so you need to contact people, do this. And they, you know, they've just recently said, well, I've contacted 10 people and no one's right. responded. And I'm like, well, you need to get 
You need to, yeah. that was exactly yeah. what I said. I said, you need no's. Exactly. What you want is for people to tell you right. no and keep going. Yes. And it's, uh, it's a new concept. It totally is. And, and honestly, you know, create some sort of a reward system for that. You know, that, you know, at the end of the mm-hmm. month, like, mm-hmm. hey, who got the most no's this month? You know, you get 100 no's this month and I'm going to treat you to dinner. Here's a, you know, $50 gift card or whatever. Uh, incentivize it and create the tally chart, you know, in the office and, and have fun with it. Because otherwise, you know, how do you motivate that generation? How do you motivate anybody? And so... They're, especially if they're a words of affirmation person, that word no is heartbreaking. And then they're feeling like they're, well, I'm not wording it right. I don't understand. Well, you got to keep going. Okay. Now try it this way. All right. Try it this way until you find that voice and you go into it knowing that, okay, it wasn't for them this time. You don't take it personally. Okay. Next, you know, we, the three of us, we have how many thousands upon thousands in our client list, you know, and resources that we have in our community and beyond. Like I'm, my goal, I always say is I'm looking for 5% of my community. Not everybody's my client. So when I sit there and narrow it down 5%, okay, so it's going to take me a hundred calls to reach those five people at least. It changes your, your expectations and then it makes it okay. Then your employees don't feel like failures. You don't feel like a failure, you know, when you've made those 10 calls and nobody's responding and, and, and it just, it just really just changes everything. So I like, I totally agree with that, but I, I don't like, I just don't like the way it kind of has like a negative connotation mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe in it completely, right? Like in, when I was in sales, selling cameras, like they, you know, the, the idea was like stand on a street corner and ask everybody to give you a kiss. Eventually somebody's going to kiss right. you. So, you know, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. And so I heard Russell Brunson say it differently mm-hmm. this week mm-hmm. um, which, or last week, which was pretty good. And he was like, instead of just tracking no's, which feels negative, he was like, just track how many offers you make. Oh, there you, you go. Know? So you're changing you know? the verbiage. And it's, it's, right. it's the same idea. Right, so it like, is. you know, like, yeah, like, you know, are, did you make three offers That's today? Good. You know, did you make five offers today? And the offer could be anything. It could be like, how can I help you? It could be, you know, offer them a service you're doing, offer them a sale and send whatever the offer is. Yep. But, put together an offer and offer it to as many people as possible. Love it. And then obviously it ends up being the same thing. Yes. You're going to get a lot of no's and eventually. Yeah. So I liked that a little bit differently. It just felt different. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's re-energizing me around this subject. Cause I think what you're just saying is exactly how you got to go about business every day. Exactly. So. No, I love that. I just wrote it down. How many offers did you make today? Love it. Okay, so let's wrap up real quick. So there's two parts to this very last part. The first part is just give some parting guidance to our audience. Um, and then when you're done with that, you can tell people how they can connect with you. Okay. Parting guidance. Um, I would say surround yourself around uh, people that just lift you up and, and help you feel good, but will also call you out when, you know, when you're not living up to your potential or maybe where you're, you know, making some misjudgments. I'm a huge advocate for being and investing in our industry on the PPA level, the national level, the state level. Invest in your community. Make sure you're part of your chamber of commerce. Make sure you're showing up in your community. We are a relationship-based business. And I think that we've kind of gone away from that for a small season. I, at least I've seen that. You know, a good five years, we're re- relying on internet marketing. We're relying on email marketing. We're relying on funnel marketing and, and, and everything we're doing through our screens. We need to get out there and actually walk the pavement. We need to be invested in our community. Are you a, a, a volunteering, you know, in your in your community with your Main Street programs, with your Chamber of Commerce, with whatever that your heart feels called to? Are you actually putting the time in and are you maximizing those opportunities and the relationships? And what I mean by that is it's not always about just showing up. Are you engaging? Are you asking questions? One of the things that I'm working really hard on this year is my invisible duct tape. And what I mean by that is uh, being a really good listener. So asking a question and waiting for the re- response and not necessarily chiming in. And I have to be careful on that. I, I've caught myself twice on this program doing it. And so then I'm like, oh, duct tape. And so being a good listener, having it about your client, having the, the conversation about them, because you know what? At the end of the day, they really don't care about you as much as you think they do and the awards you've done and the, the, the images you're creating and, and how much money you're making. Nobody cares, right? It's they want to talk about themselves. So when you pay attention and you listen 
And then you ask really good questions to them. It will lead you to them being a qualified client. So those have been, that would be my biggest piece of advice, investing in community, being out there, investing in the industry, showing up and being wise on your time that's there. And, and not, it's not just about showing face, but being purposeful. And then um, how people can reach me, probably the easiest way would be through the website, which is melanieandersonworldwide.com, because then that will direct you to the photography side of things. If you need some inspiration, that'll direct you to the YouTube, that'll direct you to the Facebook, that'll direct you to our Anderson Inspired, which we do uh, retreats, international retreats. It will direct you to the education platform and the masterminds that we do. So melanieandersonworldwide.com and then you can go from there. And if you have any specific questions, just message me. I am here and happy to help. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I mean, I was looking forward to this for a long time and we talked about this a long time ago and finally made it happen. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time because I know you're a busy, busy oh, woman. This is truly my pleasure. I love doing this. And, and as I said earlier, we could talk all day long. Uh, this was fantastic. So thank you for the opportunity and for your time, both of you. Sure. Thank you. It was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I'm hugging you right now. Virtual hug. <laughs> oh, I I did it. Not for me because no, I'm, I'm, exactly, I'm not a touch person. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, awesome, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, you know, reach out to Melanie if, if what she said kind of inspired you. Um, I know I get to see her a couple times a year as we travel, so I'm pretty fortunate. But she is an awesome resource for our industry and really, you know, just we need more people like you, Melanie. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Awesome, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.